Welcome to the Liberty Experts Podcast, where all your liberty questions are answered, discussed, and debated by experts. Now, here are your liberty experts, Tim Moen and David Birnbaum. Hey, Tim. How's it going? Hey, David. It's going fantastic. You know, just... Uh... Dealing with all this, uh, the government shutdown at work, you know, it's, it's been an interesting few months at work. For the first two months of this uh, pandemic uh, and lockdown, we had people scared to call, call 911 or go to the hospital and things were right. empty. And now that the scare, then the panic is kind of gone, uh, like two months of accumulated health problems are <laughs> piling up and people are you know, it's, it's been super busy lately. Like I've never seen it so busy. The hospitals are packed and it's not because of COVID patients. There's certainly some COVID patients there, but it's just people. And a lot of it, to be honest with you, I'm seeing a huge amount of mental health issues, um, you know, drug overdoses, suicides, that stuff is, uh, you know, I've never seen it so bad out there. Just horrific stories I'm hearing from people about the abuse that they've suffered and, and how they're dealing it with it. Like all their, their support systems are, they're cut off from, um, yeah. they're cut off from loved ones and, and people and they're, they're isolated in their home. It's just a tragic situation, man, all around. So, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of psyching myself up to, to go back out there tonight uh, and deal with this on the front lines, but uh, it's not a good thing, man. The government is really screwing people over. Yeah, I actually think it might be interesting to talk about this instead of our schedule, until, okay. instead of what we were planning to talk about, because it's really interesting. I had not thought of that perspective because I hear about how some hospitals are getting really full and it's assumed it's all COVID, but I think what you, it's like a dam burst, right? Yeah. Everyone was scared to go. They were discouraged from going, you know, we need the hospital space for COVID. And now it's like, oh, that's not the case anymore. Or like, oh, we need to like let stuff back open. And so everyone floods back. In addition to all of the additional issues like you highlighted because of the actual shutdowns. And I think, yeah. you know, I haven't seen any stats yet about the increased deaths because of COVID um, because of the lockdowns, right? And that's, yeah. you know, the, the claims at least were that or the claims by many anti-lockdown people were how, well, th these lockdowns are going to kill more people than they're going to save actually, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's interesting. And I'm wondering, yeah, if you have any more thoughts on on that generally. Yeah, well, I mean, I can tell you, like, just from my personal experience, and this is just anecdotal, so, you know, don't quote me, I, I don't know for sure what the numbers are of, of people like in Alberta that are experiencing COVID and whatnot, but what, you know, like there's a level one trauma center here that we take patients to that are, you know, having serious issues and they have it segmented off where they have it like a, a COVID positive area. And by COVID positive, what they mean is someone who, who didn't pass the pre-screen, right? It's not that they've actually tested positive, but maybe they have a temperature or a new cough, or maybe they just came from out of country in the last 14 days or uh, have yeah. a family member who had symptoms. Any of those things will put them in that area. And then there's just the regular waiting room. Well, the COVID waiting room is almost always pretty empty. Like there's very few people ever in it. And right. the other one is just like overflowing with people and the weights, you know, it's not uncommon for us to wait three or four hours to offload our patient from the ambulance to the hospital staff um, because everything's overloaded. And you know, the other problem is that one of the hospitals in our city has been, 
is not taking any patients because they had a COVID outbreak, I guess 12 people or something like that got COVID in the hospital. So they've shut the doors on that hospital, said no more patients here. Uh, and so now we're dealing with this overflow. So, I mean, we could argue about debate whether that was an overreaction by the health authorities to shut down that hospital entirely, basically, and say no more <laughs> patients mm-hmm. until we, we get rid of all the COVID here. Um, but, you know, like people with serious medical conditions are now having to wait hours in other hospitals. So there's all sorts of ripple effects happening here that we haven't even thought about, you know, and that's not to mention, you know, the mental health problems people are struggling with. We had a lawyer, I think he lost his job in, in the community who uh, killed his family and himself, you know, um, like just horrific stuff going on. Domestic abuse is going through the roof. I've seen so many, um, so much drug abuse and substance abuse and most of the people that are affected by this david are are the most marginalized right they're they're people that you would walk by and not care about like people that are kind of they have mental health issues already and so they're not doing that great at life and you know you might Mm -hmm. dismiss them as losers or this and that and you know be like well they've kind of made their own bed but those are the people that you would expect would be affected first and foremost by a lockdown right like people that are in the middle class or upper middle class who have their shit together we're a bit more resilient, even though we're all kind of getting restless and antsy and wanting to get back to life as normal. It's these people that really rely on their support system that they have, you know, like one guy I talked to, he was, he was this gay guy and, and he, he was just having a, a huge breakdown, alcoholism. And it, you know, it turned out that he had been uh, raped and, and had his genitals mutilated and his, his mom was, unable to get to him because she was out of the province and there was travel restrictions and and you know his only support system was a heroin addict who had recently overdosed and all his friends he said were dying from overdoses or suicide and and like just a terrifically sad story right um yeah i just mean like my heart went out for this guy and he he was the victim of his environment in a lot of ways and he was just doing his best to get his shit together and he was frustrated with himself because he fell off the wagon again and he's like how long can this cycle go on like well i should just end it because like i I can't seem to get my sobriety and like i've tried all these things and been to rehab so many times and it's like i i just i can't do it anymore but a lot of people are feeling like that way to some extent or another and and that's not because they are infected by a virus it's because the government has has destroyed their lives in a lot of ways. Yeah, and it's it's almost impossible to actually give those people uh, attention in the culture. Like this, mm-hmm. these are this is the damage that's being caused. Like no one wants to face it because that's like the dirty the the dirty secret of what's going on. Let's say right, and like we everyone I talk to either is in this position or thinks about it in this way. It's like well. Like I'm already settled, so now I just have some inconveniences, right? But if you're trying to work your way out of poverty, if you're trying to get your life back together, you need places to go, you need work, you need to feel productive. Like that's another key thing. You need to feel productive, not just have money, right? right. Getting like we did an episode about UBI or it, it's coming out soon, depending on our release schedule. Um, and it's like when you're trying to put your life together, you need to feel productive. You need to feel like you're creating value for your own life and for the world. Um, and just getting paid to sit there because, oh, you're not an essential worker. Like that's miserable for people. And, and it's like, how do we 
show that this is what's right. going on. Like, cause you know, you and I were saying, well, this is what's going to happen. A lot of people are saying, well, this is what's going to happen, but now that's what we're in still, right? Society is starting to open back up, but like there's this damage is long lasting and there's still a lot of places that have closed. There's a lot less jobs. Right. And like, so these are issues that we, that we, the society, the government created that did not need to be there. Yeah. And, and then, you know, it, it's, it's also uh, like elderly people too, right? Like people that are used to going to their family physician and keeping like, these are people that are on multiple prescriptions and they need to be watched and their prescriptions need to be constantly changed and, and adjusted. And, you know, they, they can't come to their doctor's office now and they have to do it over zoom and they have to figure out how to use like computers and they're not comfortable doing it. So their, their health is being neglected and, you know, it'll be interesting to see um, what the excess mortality is going to be. And, and, you know, we'll want to be very careful about separating the excess mortality because of the virus and the excess mortality because of the government lockdown. And I suspect the excess mortality because of the government lockdown will far exceed that of the virus. Um, It's, yeah, it's absolutely it really, uh, horrific. Yeah, it actually really makes me quite sad. Like I can, I'm, I'm extremely sad at the moment talking about this and there's no one actually talking about it properly, right? Like there's no one addressing these issues. Like it makes me think like there needs to be like a Humans of COVID series, like Humans of New right. York, just sharing yeah. a story of how the lockdown essentially destroyed someone's life because it's so abstract to everyone I talk to. It's so abstract and it's just, oh, obviously the lockdowns are good and they have no idea what it's actually like for many people in those situations. Um, And it's like, how do we try and help and like, you know, and you and I are the ones labeled that we don't have empathy because, oh, like we need to protect people. Don't you want lockdowns? How are you so uncaring? And it's like, no, like this is what human life is, right? Like these are yeah. the people that are, their lives are being destroyed. A virus is there, a virus is a virus and we have to do what we can to mitigate the damage. But, you know, this is people and government choosing to destroy the lives of arguably hundreds of thousands, millions maybe, who knows, but like- Yeah, and I mean, it, it really I'm just talking, and I'm just talking about the stuff that's obvious, right? That you touched on stuff that is might not be as obvious. Like you're sitting at home, you can't go to work, you're, you're collecting CERB. So your life is relatively comfortable. You're able to pay, put food on the table and a roof over your head. Um, and you're just kind of sitting there isolated, depressed, um, not being productive. It's very hard then once things open up again to- break out of that. Like if anyone's ever been depressed, it's very hard to find motivation to get going again. Uh, And so it'll be interesting to see. I don't even know how you'd measure that effect, but, but these things have, no, no, you can't. And and, as you know, so you're right. It it is depressing. It breaks my heart as well to, to see these people. And, and a lot there's, you know, if I feel like a lot of people I see that have been, had their lives essentially ruined by this lockdown are, being gaslit in a certain way, right? Because they'll be saying, well, I guess this lockdown is necessary. So this is just right. a burden that we have to take on and, and to save and lives or whatever. Worse. They're selfish because they want to go back to work. Yes. They want to feel yeah. productive and they're scummy people because how dare they not want to sacrifice their 
life for the greater good of not spreading the pandemic and stuff. It's really, it's so messed up. And I, I didn't even think of the like, yeah, the idea that, you know, oh, once the lockdowns are, are over, everyone just goes back to normal. Like aside from the jobs not coming back, the people don't. The people who manage to not totally spiral out of control during the lockdowns, like you said, you don't just snap out of the depression from not having been able to work for four months uh, or being stuck in a terrible household 24 seven instead of having your outlet of being able to go to your friends. Uh, but now he's outside your social circle. Like you cannot measure how much damage this is doing to people's uh, mental health and to their lives. Like it's important to not separate mental health as if it's not their life. They are their mental health. And so we're destroying people. Yeah, your brain is part of part of your body, right? Like the mind-body dichotomy is kind of false in a lot of ways. And um, you know, you if you're sedentary and not doing anything, your mind kind of follows and it falls into a depression. And uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be difficult to, for people to break out of this. It's, you know, I suspect, again, like we talked about this in the last episode, but I think this, this ties in well with the idea of CERB being, you know, proponents of CERB pushing it into a, the UBI domain because there's going to be a lot of unemployed people. They're going to be depressed and unmotivated and um, our heart's going to bleed for them and we're going to want to look after them. And you know, this is where support for the UBI is going to come from. So, you know, I'm a little bit concerned about that. And, you know, I think that's just a, a yeah. way of prolonging uh, mental agony in a lot of ways of keeping people locked into, I mean, th th this is exactly what we see happen with the, the rise of the welfare state, right? We have, we see, this is why people get locked in poverty. This is why they, they have a whole lot of kids that they don't necessarily want um, because they get paid to have more kids and bring them into the, these uh, households where they're not really that loved and it's single parent and um, you know, the conditions aren't that great. And you know, you just keep perpetuating the, these things. So it, it has a very uh, degrading effect on culture mm -hmm in general uh and and all these effects play off each other they're like feedback uh mechanisms where we have this degradation in culture therefore we need more welfare which degrades culture even more which means we need more social programs it just yeah can, and you know i just want to highlight when we say the culture degrades it's people's lives right when people's lives yeah individuals yeah, right it's, yeah it's individuals lives becoming worse and us thinking well we just need to throw more money at them and that will solve the problem, right? That's the approach. Exactly. Yeah. And we, we can put names to these individuals, right? And, and yeah, it's very important when we say culture, we're talking about in aggregate, a number of individuals that you can name, right? Like the guy I went to this morning who overdosed on heroin, um, you know, who, you know, his life has been on a downward trajectory since the lockdown. That guy has a name and that guy um, is a, a victim in a lot of ways a victim i mean we can say look he has personal agency and of course he does i mean the only people that are going to get but when you have this kind of environment these kind of things are predictable uh, you know you, you are harming individuals they are going to medicate uh when they're being harmed uh you know we take medicine for physical aches and we also take them for mental aches and that's what people do when that's why substance abuse is uh, going through the roof right now 
why they're finding needles everywhere and, and call, you know, and, and we're seeing more overdoses. It's because people medicate against the, their psychological pain. It's not a healthy thing to do. There are better ways to deal with it. But, um, you know, these things are predictable when you ruin people's lives. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Tim. And on that happy Hopefully note. People, yeah. Did, did we want to add, I, I think we, we had a, um, one of our listeners ask us, I think, about uh, a libertarian take on mask use or something like that. Would this be an episode to talk about that? I'd rather leave that for or? another episode. Yeah. I think this okay. was, it would be a more tirade. And I like that, um, you know, this was just kind of us talking about the actual values, the emotional reality of what's going on. And, and it's, I mean, at least difficult for me to get there. And so I think like to get in that emotional state. And so I think it's more valuable to kind of have some episodes like that as well. And I hope it resonates with people because, you know, we talk a lot about like the, the intellectual ideas of liberty, but this is where like, no, this is where it comes into reality, right? It's the actual effects on people's lives. And so I hope stuff like that uh, is really useful to listeners as well, even though it's not, you know, often what, what our approach is. Yeah, no, absolutely. And if you did like it, remember to share, subscribe on YouTube, support us on Facebook and head to subscribe, head to thelibertyexperts.com to support the show. Thanks. More depressing thoughts with David and Tim.